0: Kevin and Lizzie, chat about life. Welcome
1: back to another episode.
0: Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the podcast. My name's Kevin.
1: Hi, I'm Lizzie. Thanks for being here.
0: And today in our episode, we are not drinking tea. We are just kind of going off the cuff. Last week, we talked a little bit about gratitude, and our thought for the week was to practice that in some form, so I hope that you guys did that, and I hope that it was something positive for you. In today's episode, we're going a little bit different. We're going, like I said, off the cuff. Lizzie and I received some feedback this past week that maybe an episode on communication would be a good idea, so we're going to go in that direction.
1: And we have nothing planned. So, we'll see how it goes. Kevin runs a group on family communication skills, and he is going to run that group with us. I don't know anything about it, and um, I guess I'm a group member.
0: Here you go. And the reason I'm doing it this week, one, we received that feedback that we should do an episode on communication, but two, I just did a couple family sessions where I talked about family communication this past week. So, it is appropriate. One thing I want to say is that communication in a family is very important. How we... Use words matter. We did a three-part series on that earlier entitled Words Matter. But even more so, when you're talking with your spouse or children, words matter. And the way you say words matters as well. I know sometimes Lizzie will say, well, it's not the words, it's the tone.
1: Oh, he hates it when I say that, but it's so true, right? You could be saying something... And the tone you say it in could completely change the meaning.
0: Absolutely. So, the first family communication skill that I want to talk about is match your tone to your words, match your verbal and match your nonverbal communication. And what I mean by that is don't say, I love you with an angry voice while you're slamming your hand on the table, and, or don't say, It doesn't bother me as you're crying.
1: Yes, women, we're talking to you. We don't want you to minimize how you're feeling, and if you're feeling a certain way, well, it's important to communicate that. Instead of saying, I'm fine, or I don't care, or it doesn't matter, we need to um, let our partner and our family know how we're feeling.
0: Which leads us to the next skill. Don't assume the other person can read your mind. That's why that verbal and nonverbal needs to match, so that the other person knows what you're thinking and what you're feeling, So you, because you're telling them with your verbal and nonverbal.
1: Think about that for a second. How many fights have you gotten into because you expected the other person to just know? Well, you should just know how I'm feeling. You should just know what I want. You should just know that what you say affects me in a certain way.
0: I think we've been there. We've been down that road before.
1: Been there, done that, but I think we have grown and gotten better at that.
0: Yeah. So we want to match our nonverbal and verbal. And man, I just forgot. I was just going to summarize the two things we just talked about and it just slipped my mind.
1: Match our nonverbal and verbal communication. Make sure that we are not expecting others to be mind readers.
0: That's it. Not expecting others to be mind readers.
1: That's why I'm here, folks.
0: That's it. Plus many other wonderful and amazing reasons.
1: Yes, but for this one, I'm not the expert. I'm well, just the ancillary.
0: You are sort of an expert. You are a teacher.
1: That is true. I do communicate for a living. But I'm saying on this topic as far as what you're going to talk about. Okay. I'm, I'm the listener and the, the repeater, I guess.
0: Okay. Well, that segues me into another skill that I think is really important is if you or in a conversation with your family member, whether it's a child or your spouse or partner or loved one, check in to see what your role is. Liz and I do this all the time. If she's coming home from school and she says, hey, I've had a really rough day. What I say is, all right, what role do you want me to be in right now? Do you want me to be the listener? Do you want me to offer feedback? How can I best support you? What, in what role do you want me
1: yeah, and that's so important, especially when we have a situation where we just want to vent and our partner thinks their role is to fix. And then that is just annoying because I just want you to listen. But that goes back to don't expect your partner to be a mind reader. They don't know what you want unless you specifically tell them. Hey, I'm just venting. I need you to listen. I don't want any feedback. I don't I'm not looking for support. I'm just looking to someone for someone to talk to.
0: Yeah. And as the listener, they can tell us that, but so, you know, not everybody's perfect, and not every situation will work out perfectly. So as the listener, you can take that onus upon yourself as well and say, hey, it sounds like you really have a lot in your mind. What role do you want me to be in right now? Do you want me just to listen? Do you want me to be a sounding board? That kind of thing.
1: Right. And then that will help the conversation get started off on the right foot, because how many conversations have you had that get started off wrong, and then you're just sour for the rest of the conversation
0: yeah there's a really good youtube video called it's not about the nail that sort of talks about this and i think we mentioned that before in the podcast but it's like a a little two-minute thing that will really improve your communication skills if you go check it out on youtube
1: yeah it's where the the wife is trying to talk about a headache that she has right and Mm -hmm. she has a huge nail sticking out of her head and the husband just wants to tell her that she has a nail in her head, but she just wants him to listen.
0: Yeah, she just wants him to listen and not interrupt, which brings me to the other skill. Another skill. There are so many skills. Another skill. If you're in the role of the listener, don't interrupt. Sometimes people take pauses when they're talking and telling a story. It is important to read the other person so that you're not interrupting.
1: And this goes back to knowing your role. If your role is just to listen, then you shouldn't be interrupting in the first place. And you also shouldn't try be trying to complete their thoughts.
0: Yes, that's where I was going. Don't interrupt and try to finish the sentence for them.
1: Oh, I just did that.
0: Do not do that. <laughs> do it on a podcast, but not in a conversation with your family member. Allow that person to fully express whatever their thought is. And as they're fully expressing their thought, I want to tell that person to be clear and not tangential or overly wordy as Kevin can get sometimes.
1: I was just gonna say <laughs> as as our co-host can be, something else that that brought to mind was that if you're the listener, you're not listening to respond because a lot of times we can have like different levels of listening, like, You don't want to just be waiting for the other person to finish before you can talk. You want to be able to respond to what they're saying if they ask for a response. So you want to be actively listening, not just passively waiting for them to finish.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And because this is off the cuff and not outlined, I'm going to be saying, yeah, absolutely a whole lot. Just FYI. And as I transition there to talk about the role of the person speaking, being, you know, straightforward and not overly wordy, if you are the person speaking, try to use I statements. That's a really big one. So what is an I statement, Lizzie?
1: An I statement is telling you how I feel about something instead of me saying, well, you are making me upset, or you didn't do this, and that's really annoying. I need to say, I feel let down, Mm -hmm. when you don't follow through on something that I've asked you to do.
0: Yeah. So I want you to hear this. If you're driving, pay attention. If you're listening anywhere, pay attention. When you say, I feel, make sure you attach a feeling to it. If I were to say, I feel like you don't hear me, that's not what we're talking about. I'm not putting a feeling there, right? I'm just saying, I feel like you don't hear me. That's not any. That's not what we're talking about. You might say, I think that you don't hear me because that's a thought you have. But how would you feel if someone wasn't hearing you? You would say, I feel hurt when it appears as if you don't listen to me.
1: Did, Make, did I do okay when I said I feel let down?
0: Yeah. Make sure you put a feeling word there. So much in our culture is like, oh, I feel like a hamburger today. It doesn't mean that they are a hamburger. It means they want to eat one. But our culture has this horrible, horrible habit of putting in non-feeling words after the statement, I feel.
1: Right. And when we're communicating, we need to be accurate with our words. And kind of like daily speech, like sometimes that doesn't matter. But if I'm trying to communicate a specific feeling to you, then I need to be specific with my words.
0: Yeah. So you can say, I feel hurt. I feel happy, I feel whatever, or I think, I think this, I think that, which leads me to that, back to that sort of thought that we can't read other people's minds. Well, if I'm the listener, Lizzie can't read my mind either. So something that Lizzie and I do quite often is we'll say, here's what I'm hearing. Is that what you're saying or is that what you're meaning? So often, people have their own internal monologue, their own biases, judgments, preoccupations, whatever, running through their head as the listener. Well, they also have that running through their head as the speaker. So it's very common for Liz to say something and mean it a certain way, and for me to hear the same words and think she means something different.
1: That just happened to us, and I can't remember why. Maybe after this commercial break, um, I'll remember what that was about.
0: All right, and we're back from that commercial break. So Liz is looking at me quizzically. I can't say that word, but because right during that break, she was like, well, what did happen between us where that just came up? And I said, oh, I got it. And I hit record and I just started talking.
1: Yeah. He said, wait, how did that happen? Oh, okay. You know, when we're going off the cuff, I really don't know what's going to come out of his mouth or what he's thinking because he's not communicating to me because we're recording live.
0: As, As Michael Scott once said, I don't know the words that are going to come out of my mouth. So every conversation is like an improvisation. So we were at the grocery store yesterday and we're pulling out after finishing going grocery shopping and Liz says, wow, I'm so glad we did this today instead of on a school night because it's a lot for me after school to go to grocery shopping and put the groceries away. What I heard was exactly that that she was really happy we went grocery shopping instead of her going on a school night. But what did Lizzie mean when she said that?
1: Well, in my mind, when I do a weeknight grocery shopping, I'm in charge of the grocery shopping, I'm in charge of putting the groceries away and still walking the dogs all before he gets home from work because I'm done with work a few hours before he is. So in my mind, I was excited to go home and to have help putting the groceries away And to not be responsible for everything. And that's what I meant. I mean, I also meant that I was glad that the shopping was done on a Saturday and not after school. But I was, as we were leaving the store, I was really excited that I didn't have to be the one to unload the car and put the groceries away all by myself.
0: Yes. And so when we got home and I sat down and started drinking coffee, Liz was like, wait, what just happened? And it's because what I heard was very literal. I'm really happy we got the groceries shopping done on a Saturday. But what also you meant, which I didn't pick up on, was so you can also help me put them away.
1: Right, because I kind of said, I'm excited to, have to not put the groceries away by myself.
0: Yeah. So we were probably within three feet of each other, me in the driver's seat of the car and her in the passenger seat of the car. We both heard the same words, but took two different meanings from it. So that's why I think it's really important to, um, To do that, to say, like, here's what I'm hearing, here or here's how I heard that, or here's the story that I'm hearing from you.
1: So if you had done that yesterday, then I wouldn't have gotten irritated when you were sitting and enjoying your coffee as I was running around busy.
0: Yes. But as you were irritated, we don't usually devolve into fights or arguments. Sometimes we'll have arguments, because I think arguments can be healthy, they don't usually devolve into fights because one, we don't put each other down. Two, we don't name call. And three, we don't bring up old stuff from the past. We just talk to each other without contempt, like we love each other.
1: And I think another key there is that when there's an issue that we're feeling, we bring it up instead of letting it simmer. Like, I could have stormed around the house really feeling really annoyed that that you weren't helping me, but I brought it up.
0: Yeah. So how often does that happen where I notice, like I said, so let me wi- rewind it back. We're in the car. That sequence happens. We get home. Lizzie's putting the groceries away. I'm drinking the coffee. How, how likely would it have been? Sorry if our dog's caught on the microphone there. How likely would it have been for that to have led to a fight if... Liz didn't say anything and was sort of stomping around the house. And then I said, you seem upset. What's up? And then she goes, I'm fine. How would that go?
1: Well, I mean, I, I think everybody out there can, ex- can empathize with that and probably picture how that would have gone in their own relationship. Because even though we're professing here to have good communication skills, we've been there before.
0: Yeah. And so Lizzie did a really great job. I'm giving her the credit because she said, Hey, I feel irritated that you're sitting there drinking your coffee while I'm putting away the groceries. And in that moment, when I heard that, how easy would it have been for me to get defensive? Very easy. Very easy. So I want you to hear this. I've been saying that a lot. I know I really want you to hear this, but I'm not in charge of Lizzie's feelings and Lizzie is not in charge of my feelings. So when Lizzie says, I feel irritated, if I were to get defensive, I would take that personally, like I did something to irritate her. But since I'm not in charge of how Lizzie felt or how she feels, and I want to avoid getting defensive, she says, I feel irritated that you're sitting there drinking coffee while I'm putting away the groceries. And so what I say is, huh. Huh. That's weird. What's going on? Tell me more about that. And I think that's sort of what happened and what led us to say, well, here's what I heard and here's how you meant it and things like that. I didn't say like, oh, you shouldn't be irritated at me or, oh, you know, I like to drink coffee or whatever. I didn't get defensive. I just was like, huh, Lizzie has feelings and she's irritated right now. I wonder what's going on.
1: And then he, you know, wanted to know how he could help, how he could change how i was feeling yeah um and it's really important that you that you hear what he said about we are not in charge of other people's feelings that's a really big idea to wrap your mind around and to accept and once you accept that it's very liberating but it's very hard to get there
0: it is really hard to get there that's like a whole um you know whole podcast episode. That could be a whole nother podcast. But it's so important when you're communicating to remember that. And our society does an awful job at explaining that. Lizzie doesn't make me feel anxious. Lizzie doesn't make me feel angry. I choose those feelings based on what is happening. Certainly the other person can influence it. If Lizzie came up and slapped me across the face I might feel a little confused and certainly her actions influenced that, but her slap didn't equal confusion. I still chose to go there in my mind on my own.
1: Right. So when we're communicating, um, that's why we use I statements. It kind of comes back full circle. Like we are taking ownership and responsibility for our feelings.
0: Yeah. So when she says, Hey, I'm feel irritated. I'm like, Oh, I wonder what's making her feel irritated. I don't, defensively take it personally. All right, one more key skill that I want to talk about and we'll let you go for this episode. The last thing is so key is that I don't ask negative questions to Lizzie. So what I mean by a negative question is if she does something and it's obvious that she's frustrated or it's obvious that it didn't go right, I don't say, why do you always do that? how many times have I told you? Or, I told you so.
1: Mm, Yeah, and those also sound like questions that parents tend to ask their kids, or perhaps irritated teachers tend to ask their students.
0: Yes, so what I mean by that, asking negative questions is, I'm not gonna put judgment in there, right? I'm not gonna say why, Why do you keep, like, that's the real question if, uh, you know, Lizzie's trying to do something and she keeps messing up. Uh, If I'm like, why are you messing up? What I'm really asking is, why are you failing? Which is a weird question to ask and a really judgmental question to ask when you kind of put it in its most simplest terms. But also, that negative judgment is really important. And I want you, if you're in a relationship, which... Pretty much everybody is, because it's either a relationship with your family, friends, spouse, partner. Eliminate, I told you so, from your vocabulary. What do you think, Lizzie?
1: Yeah, I think that's, that's really important, and it's also important to eliminate the why questions. And those are two very difficult things to let go of, because... We have to go into a conversation not looking to always be right.
0: Yes. So if Lizzie said yesterday, I feel irritated, and all I said was, why? What happens, Lizzie? She just raised her eyebrows at me.
1: <laughs> I just kind of chuckled to myself because I could imagine the, the response to why then really escalates things fast, well well, why do you think so you're sitting there drinking your coffee and here I am running around yeah. like crazy you know the why question just invites escalation and defensiveness and irritation on my part for you not knowing why
0: yeah right? yeah because when we ask why of someone else what we're saying is that they need to justify or validate how they're feeling but they don't they don't need to validate or justify how they're feeling to you at all the listener you're just the listener So eliminate why, and then when something doesn't work out because you knew it probably wasn't in the first place, don't also say I told you so. Like I said, both the why and the I told you so and how many more times must I say it, all of these things are judgmental and represent contempt. And contempt is what's going to eat at your relationship, eat away at your relationship faster than any other thing.
1: You wanna hold your partner in high regard. And you want to view them as an equal to you, and there's not one person there shouldn't be a power imbalance of you know one person knowing more, one person being better, or one person having something having a one-up on the other one.
0: Yes. And all of those things breeds contempt. So don't do it And communicate better. What do you guys think? Liz is the audience for this group. I ran through it rather quickly. I usually spend about an hour on it, but I wanted to give you guys the highlights. What do you think, Lizzie?
1: I think it's good. I think we touched on a lot of important things to give people um, material to reflect on, and our thought for the week is to take these skills that Kevin has laid out and pick one of them that you're going to work on, because none of us are perfect in any of them. And there are, there are things that Kevin brought up today that we're still working on and that, that I need to get better at. And so hopefully there's a skill there that you can identify with and you would like to take that into your communication this week and work at being a better listener and a better communicator.
0: Yes, absolutely. There it is again. There's my absolutely. And if I haven't told you guys before, this is a great time to tell it on a communication episode. If you have to say something mean and then end it with, I'm just joking or sarcasm, it's not a communication skill. It's a skill that pushes people away. So it's an anti-communication skill. So don't do it. Don't do it at all. That's my final thought for this communication episode. We've been Kevin and Lizzie.
1: Thanks for being here. Have a great week.